your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to this bonus episode of Nerds from the Crit Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Saul, and we'll be looking at a great-looking project that is currently on Kickstarter. To help me talk about this project is the creator of H.P. Lovecraft's The Call of Cthulhu accordion book. Lyndon White, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good, thank you. You? I'm doing good. Uh, like I said, uh, we are recording this bonus episode because I really wanted to get you in to uh, record this interview for everybody to see what's going on in Kickstarter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you putting it together so quickly because, um, yeah, we're already partway through the campaign and, yeah, it takes, takes time to put this stuff together. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely like to just jump in and whenever I, I – I see somebody that's on Kickstarter. I want to try to get them as early as possible in the campaign because mm-hmm. the that time can just be all the difference. Yeah, yeah, it definitely it goes quickly. Like you do all the prep and then all of a sudden you're, 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 you're <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, it's all good fun. So before we get into the project, I want to know a little bit about you. What is your history with the horror genre, or what are some of your influences? Okay, so um, I'm a. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm a freelance illustrator, comic artist, and sometimes writer. Um, so every day I'm sat at the desk drawing one thing or another, and um, like 90% of my work is uh, comic book work. Um, I'm based in the north of England near Manchester, but I always end up traveling down to London and going all over the place for meetings and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, most of my work in, is in comics, in UK comics. So um, I work a lot with Blue Fox Comics, who do a lot of horror and fantasy. Um, I got into comics while well, doing it professionally about five years ago. And uh, since then, I've worked on comics, children's books, uh, general illustration. Uh, pretty much when you're starting out, you do everything under the sun. And uh, it's only the past couple of years, I think about two years ago, I did a book for Blue Fox Comics called uh, Hexer's Waking Nightmare. It's like a one-shot supernatural horror. They've got like a horror anthology series. I did that book and um, it just kind of snowballed from there and people realized that, oh, this guy can do horror. Or, you know, <laughs> it's like this one of those things, oh, you know, you do one kind of book and um, I like things outside of horror, but um, I like people really reacted to that book. And then since then, I've, I've drawn vampires, sirens, monsters and everything under the sun. I think there's a list somewhere. Um, so this is not your uh, first your first entry into the accordion book type uh, project, right? No, no. Um, so um, last year I did one uh, based on Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, which that all came about because um, while while I was waiting for a painting to dry, I did a little um, sketch in my my journal. Um, while it was drying, I was just sketching this thing. Out. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a book for Dracula. Um, so I did it as like a a single illustration just for fun and sold it as um prints while i was at art shows and comic conventions in the uk and um i've been on the con- comic con circuit for a while and like everywhere i was going it's like people going oh you're doing dracula now you're always doing dracula but that's <laughs> awesome i'm like i wasn't but now i am um so um it just kind of snowballed from there and because comics take a lot of work and comics take a long time to do i've i've been thankfully i've been booked up work-wise on, on bigger projects and i just couldn't commit doing dracula's graphic novel because um someone's like it's already been done a few times and um it probably take in my style if you look at my artwork it's quite heavily painted and mixed media um so it take at least a year or two to do um 
and because I couldn't commit to that, I, I settled on uh, an accordion book or a concertina book, which are these um, small um, A5 uh, double-sided art books that fold out so you can like read them as a story or uh, display them as a piece of artwork. Yeah, so just kind of a, it's all kind of spiraled out of that. So this is a sort of comic without any text, is that correct? Yeah, so it's um, there's only... Um, 10 panels uh so if you imagine it, it's sequential storytelling like a comic but there's no text and um you, it's kind of it's almost like you're looking at the story just through splash pages so you you've got to boil it down into those key moments and still tell a story so it's a bit challenging and a bit different uh but still like storytelling and i gotta say from what i've seen the artwork is amazing it's oh, amazing thank you <laughs> thank you very much um yeah like it's it's great because um people are starting to really get behind these projects now. Uh, like um, the reason I've done uh, the Call of Cthulhu one that's on at the moment is because uh, people have been hounding me for about a year now to do another one, which is <laughs> it's lovely. Um, and yeah, that's why I've ended up doing a Lovecraft story. So what do you think it is about H.P. Lovecraft that continues to draw fans in of the uh, horror sci-fi genre? I think he's one of those writers that I don't think he gets enough credit that he deserves, but um, for some reason, he's just like, a, I don't know what it's like over there where you are, but over here, you kind of like, as you're going through the education system, you, you know, you get Dracula thrown at you, you get Edgar Allan Poe, but for some reason, you just don't end up with Lovecraft. Like, you kind of like find that on your own terms. And I think as soon as you start reading this stuff, you kind of realize how influential he's been to other people. Um, like, you kind of realize that a, a lot of people are a fan of his work. Yeah, even like, um, I, and I said it in the last episode we had, is uh, we had a H.P. Lovecraft-inspired graphic novel that we talked about. And yeah. uh, we talked about this, how even stuff, like, I'm a big fan of Stephen King, mm-hmm. and some of his better stories come from inspirations from from H.P. Lovecraft. Even, even something like uh, The Children of the Corn, where a town who is kind of desperate and down on their luck decides to make a deal with this entity that lives underneath the earth something like like that we know with the deep ones and um even if we didn't know what what hp lovecraft is there is got to be a certain writer or a certain movie that we like that is influenced by hp lovecraft yeah exactly like um he just kind of like slips in there when you're not looking and then all of a sudden you realized ah that's that's lovecraft and um i've done it with some of my work but i know I've definitely read things after reading more Lovecraft and gone, ah, that, that's definitely, that person definitely likes Lovecraft. We're looking at the, the, the panels that you have, especially the ones that you, you're showcasing on your Kickstarter page. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it takes a, quite a bit of time to get these, these panels done. Can you, can you go through the process of what you were thinking of well, what you're doing when, when you're deciding parts of the story to adapt? Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, the story is a lot longer than the, the 10 panels but um yeah so um first i reread the book um i don't just go to wikipedia i actually reread the story <laughs> and, um, uh, from there while i'm reading it i'm making notes and um i'm listing key phrases or scenes that i think are important or interesting um so i have like a, a page or two of um scenes that i think by the time i've finished the book and then from there i find the the beginning middle the end point so those are the first three panels already. And then the other ones are um, the ones that I think are more, more, the most crucial parts of the story. Um, 
so there's things like um, the second panel in the book is uh, the letters and journals that uh, Francis has given, which um, although they're not the the uh, like the money shot, they're not the most dramatic of panels. It's like really key important part of the story because otherwise the events that happen in the story wouldn't happen if you didn't have all these letters and journals. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, um, once I've got my scenes broken down, um, I sketch it all out. So I'll, I'll do like rough sketches of the entire thing to make sure that nothing's becoming too similar or um, just to make sure everything's working and it's like telling a complete story. Um, and then from there, it's pencils, inks, colour and uh, tweaking a little bit as I go and adding more details. And um, yeah, it's sort of like once you start getting one or two of them done, it all starts to come together pretty quickly. But that's because of all the planning done beforehand. I'm not having to edit things by the time I get to colour, thankfully, because editing colour is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, the art of actually telling the story without any type of text is uh i i gotta say that it looks hard i don't know it might be a little bit easier for you than you're used to it but mm-hmm. it, it it's it's a it's a talent <laughs> thank you uh and um what is the the feedback that you've heard so far from both neither the, the call of cthulhu book or the the what did you say the, uh, the dracula from, one yeah um so it's it's been really um like overwhelming like uh the one i did last year bram stoker's dracula um, I set a target at um, 600 pounds, which I, I think works out about a thousand dollars roughly. Um, and um, in the end, I got five thousand pounds or just under. So it like I went well into stretch goals, got loads of support because um, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because uh, concertina books or accordion books aren't aren't very popular. Or they're almost like a lost form of book. You don't see a lot of them anymore, or you don't over here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that did insanely well. It it meant that I did uh, Dante's Inferno as a stretch goal as well, which again feedback was amazing. And literally while the Kickstarter was going on, and I was already working on Dante's Inferno, there were people saying, "Oh, what's the third Constantine book going to be?" I'm just like, just let me finish the Kickstarter, let me get everything sent out, and um, I said I'll 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 come back and do another one. But um, I just need to. It's again with freelancing, you've got to balance like doing. Uh, things that are completely create your own and then balancing you know what you're hired to do um so i'm this is why i'm back a year later with kafulu and um the reaction has been amazing like the people who wanted it a year ago have come back in full force and um i hit my target in the th- in three hours which was amazing um and now we're in stretch goals and yeah it's just it's absolutely brilliant yeah that that's amazing uh, a lot of i've i've seen some kickstarters that go right up to the very end and hit the hit their goal and mm. to do it in three hours wow that that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like um I, I, again like uh, I, I work from my home studio and um i was trying to get work done and like every like couple of minutes like there's a message from someone or uh the the kickstarter bumping up and i was just like this is this is absolutely nuts uh but amazing um i mean it, it helps that i'd already finished the book so i'm only going on there to get like cover my printing costs and do postage and rewards and stuff and then like as you get into stretch goals and go past your the initial target that's when i can start paying myself a little bit which is obviously <laughs> what i want um because i've had to do all this off my own back but mm-hmm. i mean i think that's sometimes the best way of kickstart you know pay it forward rather than you know doing a couple of doodles and saying please give me some money just get the thing finished or as much of it finished as possible and then go here's a the thing help me print it 
you know, pre-order type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually, I think it helps. Uh, I think Kickstarter with the stretch goals and all gives a, uh, an incentive to for people to actually want to help. Yeah, uh, and donate or or back up back the the project uh, because you you get a little bit more um, options later on uh, once once you're once you get those stretch goals. So, do you want to talk over some of the um, rewards that that people can get if they uh, back your your project? Yeah, sure. So um, if you back project, you can get copies of the book. That's like the entry level. Um, there's bundles, so you can get two copies. So because the book is double sided and folds out, you can display both sides. Um, excuse me, sorry. Um, I'm doing commissions. Um, there's art prints. You can you can buy the entire book as like oh, there's like um, A3 art prints. Um, there's one of the illustrations that is an oversized print, which is like a is A2, so it's like jumbo size poster print. Um, but yeah, there's there's um, ink commissions, there's full color commissions, there's original art. Um, a good chunk of the original art's already been claimed, um, and we've just started heading towards the third stretch goal, which is to do a web comic, um, and you can get original uh, pages from that as well. Um, so there's lots of stuff, you know. It's it's you know the book prints and commissions that kind of thing, rather than doing like bookmarks and pin badges and t-shirts, which cost a lot of money to make. I also see that you're on one of the the levels. You have copies of the Dracula and the Dante's Inferno. Um, oh book. yeah, yeah. Because um, some people might have missed it the first time around. So um, you know, I've, I've, thankfully, when I I did the Kickstarter last year, I, I I printed enough to do the Kickstarter and have plenty afterwards, so I didn't have to reprint it for a long time. So you know, there's there's copies uh, that you can get of that as well. All right, so. What is what is there anything that you want to make sure that you want the listeners to know about Call of Cthulhu? Um, so the Call of Cthulhu and Cthulhu himself is probably um, I'd say is Lovecraft's most iconic character. Um, you know, you particularly when you go to Comic Con, I I see him everywhere in the form of like plushies or prints. <laughs> yeah. You know, gotta have a Cthulhu plushie. Um, you have know, comics inspired by him. Um, yeah, so um, I think he, the Call of Cthulhu is one of his most iconic pieces of work, and I found that when a lot of people adapt Lovecraft, they miss out on the storytelling. Um, like they rush towards the ending where Cthulhu shows up, which is is amazing and great because that's what you want, but um, they miss out on the storytelling. So this version of the Call of Cthulhu is an adaptation, but it's my version of Call of Cthulhu while staying true to the text. So it's got all the storytelling, all the beats. Um, it's centered around a mystery of um, a series of documents that have been left to Francis and he's reading through them and discovering what's happened to his um, uncle who has passed away uh, and the investigation to cults and um, there's an art student who's made a, a sculpture that's too horrifying to look at because it's made up of parts of Cthulhu um, yeah, there's people going missing, there's rituals going on in the swampland um, up until the the climax of the story is where um, they discover where Cthulhu is sleeping and they accidentally wake him up, you know, and, as one does. Yeah, and, and I think Cthulhu, like you said, is the most popular of the stories or the creatures that he has. Um, you see him everywhere. You get cutesy versions of Cthulhu, even though it's supposed to be this giant, was it Elder God monster of terror? Yeah, yeah he's, meant, he's meant to be a bit terrifying. I think there's... um. 
a Dr. Seuss version of it now as well, of all things, like a children's book. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is, like, even people who haven't read the story, they can, a lot of people can recognize, ah, that's Cthulhu. They know yeah. it's Cthulhu. Yeah, uh, and honestly, before this um, previous uh, graphic novel I was talking about, um, I hadn't really been able to read anything that, that came from H.P. Lovecraft. I knew about Cthulhu, of course, and I knew some of his influences, but because of this, and, and because I'm starting to get more and more um, people interested in, in, in coming on that want to um, talk about his stories, I'm getting more into reading his, his stories, going back and reading his stories, and I think this is a great way to get people to go back and enjoy H.P. Lovecraft's stories. And yeah. So when you started drawing Cthulhu, the design for Cthulhu, did you want to try to stay as faithful to the story, the description that he has, or did you try to, even that, did you try to do your own? Because I've seen quite a bit of um, different, even though it's, how would I say this? Even though it's pretty iconic the way he looks, I've seen some different versions of him. Yeah, I mean, um, the description is that he's part humanoid, uh, part octopus, uh, part dragon, uh, gigantic in scale. Um, and I think the original text at one point mentions that he's quite bloated. Um, that's not usually the version that's seen in pop culture. And um, Lovecraft fans are um, they're a very particular fan base. They're very passionate about his work. So you don't really want to um, you know, piss him off sort of thing. <laughs> so... Um, I tried to make sure I had I stuck to the original text with the, the dragon parts, the um, the octopus, and you know the the iconic version of Cthulhu. But um, I've um, I also did a couple of extra things, like uh, was on one of the panels um, towards the end of the book where there's like tentacles coming out of water, and uh, you actually see there's like extra eyes on him as well. So I've had a bit of fun with it and like tried to push it a bit more to um, make it my own. But I've not tried to stay too far away to what people want because otherwise they'll look at it and go well this isn't Cthulhu I know what Cthulhu looks like he looks like this um yeah so um let's talk about some other projects you had you've uh, worked on I while I was looking at your Kickstarter I bumped into the mind of James was that Svingle Svingle Svengel, yeah what can you tell us about that yeah, so um mind of James Svengel is like a self-contained graphic novel it's about 180 pages and it's written by myself and uh, Jordan Sam, Ad- Sam Adams, who's a screenplay writer for Sony. And um, it's about a guy trying to keep himself together while falling apart. It's um, as he's tackling post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety. And um, tr- he's um, accidentally uh, run someone over. Um, and um, he's nice and he's he's got like the press um, basically try to destroy his career and he and it's me when he hit someone with car it was equally his fault as much as the person he, hit, he ran over mm-hmm. uh he's in a hospital bed so it's about him trying to deal with the guilt because he does feel guilty and he does feel terrible for this but he's not particularly dealing with his problems very well so it's um it's a very different thing from like um the horror stuff i've done because it's more of like a, a slice of life type story uh with a bit of mental health and uh personal stress that uh, it actually grabbed my attention as soon as I saw what it was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can say it's a little bit uh, relatable, relatable trying to um, going through some through some personal shit myself, uh, trying to have that feeling where you're trying to just hold everything together. Um, so 
if anybody who's listening would want to be able to get something like this, is that still something that we can get um, on online? Is that something we can still order? Is that or is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you go to my website, which is uh, lindawhite.com, there's a shop. It's exactly as my name spelt, and uh, you can get copies directly from me, and I'll I'll send them out to you. Um, but yeah, that that type of book was really important to us because um, everything in there um, is directly influenced by what myself and jordan have been through um so um we've lived that kind of thing we know exactly what it's like and you know you don't necessarily deal with your problems in the healthiest of manners because you you're not dealing with stuff you, you know you, you're falling mm-hmm. apart um which yeah it's, it's a very serious type book but it's um i think jordan called it oscar bait the whole thing <laughs> it's that type of book um but yeah it's uh it, but it's it's got some lighthearted moments and human moments as well um but yeah please do check it out if you, it's something that, that interests you i think that's the best kind of story is where it's um kind of personal and that you actually live through it helps it be more realistic to to the reader it doesn't seem just like a like i don't to me it doesn't seem oscar Beatty because i think oscar Beatty is more just um something you're doing just to get the attention of you know of, of a certain fan base or a certain genre but if you live through it i think it's a little bit more realistic or more real to the person reading it yeah i mean um we noticed when we when we were starting it and developing it that like uh mental health particularly is some is often like um glorified in particularly film um you know it's this oh you know he's a bit crazy or he's a you know um they sensationalize it whereas um we want to do that like gritty human approach to it which you don't see very often yeah yeah and um i think right now in the i think at least in the united states that's something that's that we're trying to get a little bit more more uh, what's it called um what's the word i'm looking for so recognition or or you know get that out there that, that it's not usually what you see in film it's a, it's a little bit harder to deal with and it's a little bit uh something that we should be taking seriously yeah i think it's the the problem with it is that people's like impression of it is that you know with if you have a broken leg or you know an injury you can see it you can physically see that thing whereas uh mental health is different completely different because it's all it's all circumstantial it's all case by case basis and you can't necessarily always see it you can't you know uh, someone can appear to look fine but then mentally or, or that you know it's a it's a front they're not actually okay um yeah, and anyone listening to head out and check out at least check it out and 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 if you like I said if you want to go ahead and and purchase that go to that website and um and get a copy from uh, from the website. So let me ask you 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 talked about a couple of other projects that you've done. Um, is there anything specific you you would like to talk about about those other projects or something um, maybe plans for the for the future? I know you said you've been really busy, so you probably just want to slow that that part down. But um, projects you want to talk about? Yeah. So um, well, at the moment I'm um, I'm pitching, so um, I'm I'm the fun job of like editing things and getting it sent off to publishers to you know see if anyone's interested. Uh, but while that's going on, um, I've been signed on to do a four part miniseries with um, Hellbound Media, which are a publisher in the UK. Uh, and they're, they're horror uh all their stuff is horror which is great um and it's a uh, mandy the monster hunter it's about mandy she hunts monsters it's in the title <laughs> <laughs> and uh this is a uh, they're one of main they're like staple characters and um this is again from as i mentioned earlier there's uh, a book called hexes i did 
a few years mm-hmm. ago and they saw that book and said oh we really want you to do this this mini series with us and it's um Han- mandy is hunting uh, the spindly man which is the slender man mixed with a badder book <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. that sounds interesting <laughs> yeah uh so the writers matt and mark have done a really good job and mandy's sort of like she's this character she hunts monsters and if you want to contact mandy it's um she usually helps children like um she the, the child draws a picture and um it like it somehow makes its way to mandy she's almost like an urban legend uh and by the way to the, you listeners uh, this is like a teen upwards book so your t- teenagers can read it and then it, adults yeah you'll get more out of it but it's a bit it's got a bit of a lighter feel because mandy's a bit more um of a lighter character uh well, despite all the monsters and scary stuff well yeah it is i mean if you're saying it's like a teenage kind of thing teenage book kind of thing but it actually does seem pretty appealing as an adult to want to want to read something like that yeah i mean um you're not going to get things like uh like lots of swearing and all that kind of stuff but you you know, it's the good thing about it, the way they've written it, is that it, you know, multiple people can get something out of it. Um, but yeah, I've um, I've been working on that, and uh, I've just finished up the artwork for the second issue, um, which I believe they're taking to Kickstarter in April. Um, despite being a publisher, like uh, they still use Kickstarter as like a pre-ordering thing because it helps mm-hmm. promote the book and you know helps cover some of their costs. Um, so while that's going on, I'm working on issue three. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I'm doing for the next like month or two. I'm working on Mandy and drawing Slenderman type monsters. And um, the cool thing about this particular miniseries is that Mandy is usually um, quite strong and powerful at dealing with these monsters. Um, she's got like suits of armor and swords, and she actually fights them. Uh, but when it comes to this, um, the Spindly Man, uh, she's kind of met a match. He's more powerful than anything she's been against. So um, you get to see Mandy at highs and lows as well she's got a full arc over the series so it looks like def- you're definitely um busy for the next mm-hmm. foreseeable feature at least <laughs> yeah i mean I, I say that like um it's the thing about freelancing is that you'll you'll take on projects and like all of a sudden someone will say ah that thing we want you to do can you do it in like two months time instead because we've got two books coming out at a similar time, can we shelf yours like a little bit? So you always have to be on, <laughs> yeah, the fun, the fun things of being an artist. But um, like I'm always looking for new stuff to work on and new people to work with. But yeah, I'm, I've been very lucky that last year I was insanely busy and like it's just rippled over to this year to have some projects that are still ongoing. Um, well, uh, if if it comes down, you know, it's in the books and all that, and you're able to come back on to talk about the, the stuff you're doing with Hellbound. Right? So that's what it's called, you said, right? Hellbound? Hellbound Media, yeah. Yeah. If you're, or anybody there, if they want to come on and, and talk about that series, we'd be more than happy to have them on there. Oh, uh, so, uh, anything about, anything else about Call of Cthulhu that you want to get back to um, before we wrap this up? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, um, if, I appreciate if people check it out. Um, if the the good thing about um, adapting a call, the Call of Cthulhu is that um, the, this is another version of it, but it's something different. Um, and um, particularly if you've never seen the Constantina book before and you can't wrap your head around how it looks, go please go on the Kickstarter and have a look at it because um, you can actually see like book mockups that it folded out and uh, how it all works. Um, and I've I've done it in a way that if you're not familiar with Lovecraft, you can get something out of it. You can you can follow the story as it is. 
And if you're a hardcore Lovecraft fan, there are little things there that you'll notice, like symbols or shapes or little Easter egg type stuff. So um, the whole thing is on the Kickstarter, so you can read it. You can look at all the artwork. Uh, so, yeah, please do check it out. And what, where can people find you on social media? Um, you can find me at Lyndon Draws. Uh, again, that's my name spelled out. Or uh, go to my website, uh, lyndonwhite.com. And um, I, I think that's a pretty much wraps, wraps up what we, what we were planning here to do here. So yeah. um, I, I do want to go ahead and thank everybody for, for joining us. I want to thank Lyndon one more time um, to, for, for taking the time. I know, like I said, we, we kind of did this, what, in um, less than 24 hours, we kind of set it up and talked and, uh, and recorded this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a, a speedy one. Yeah. So um, once again, thank you for 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 being available. And I want to go ahead and just like I said, once again, encourage everybody to to go out to the Kickstarter. I will have the the links to the note on the notes here on the episode. So go out there, support, share and make sure that um, they get more stretch goals accomplished here with uh, with Call Cthulhu. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you once again, Lyndon, um, for for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.